Welcome to the Power of the Workplace podcast. I'm your host, Edgar Zuniga. COVID-19 has impacted most, if not all, parts of the business landscape, and commercial real estate is no exception. Companies are analyzing the logic of long-term leases and what the move to remote and mobile work will mean for the traditional office. I'm joined by Elaine Cunningham, Customer Success Manager, and Shannon Smith, Senior Manager, AMER and EMAA Implementations with SpaceIQ. Between them, Shannon and Elaine have more than 28 years of commercial and residential real estate experience. Welcome. Hey, Eka. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Thank you both for your time. So uh, there's a Forbes article out that um, reports the dramatic drop-off in market activity in the commercial real estate space. That's both in terms of total dollar volume transacted and total deal count across all markets. How have you seen that um, in the work that you both do? I don't know if you've seen the results from the Leasemans uh, work from home survey, but the results are pretty loud and clear. People have um, very little to no intention to work um, full time from an office and some are even saying, I'm not going to come back. Um, So I can't really speak too in depth about service side um, because I've been here for a hot minute, but operationally in corporate real estate in Australia, change was already well underway and COVID-19 has just um, catalyzed it for companies who were late to the party. Um, Most, if not all, big corps are already offering flexible or smarter ways of working for their people. So this does present challenges to predict who will be where and when um, and what continued behaviours can be expected and the kind of spaces and sizes of property and tech that um, will support that. Shannon? Yeah. So one of the ways that we're able to service that on the service side um, is through apps that allow people to eventually get back to the workplace. As more and more um, countries and offices open, that's where people are looking um, to find areas where they can use technology to serve as a tool to get them back to the office when they are ready. So is this a process that had already began, the shift had began before COVID-19, and this is just exacerbating it? Yeah, absolutely. Shannon ran some really great um, programs post-COVID, or rather pre-COVID, apologies, and, and we're seeing that with the impacts of the pandemic, um, both in America and Australia, it's just pushed the speed at which technology is being required to support both people um, and and the spaces that they work in. And um, are SpaceIQ customers focused more or less on CRE needs right now? They're they're really focused more um, on on their real estate needs and the welfare of their employees. Can we bring them back to work safely? And if we're going to bring them back at some point, how do we do that? How do we navigate um, in the pandemic? And how do we do that safely? They also want to be able to see visually um, if they're bringing people back to the office, where are they putting them? And can they be safe in that environment? Yeah, to answer the question very specifically, I reckon there's a lot more focus um, on CRE needs. I wouldn't say so much around the size dependency, but more about the choice for utilising it. Aussies are always really um, trying to one-up each other, and I see that when it comes to office fit-outs. And then when we're looking at um, future ways of working and, and the space that's required to support that, I do see further dependencies on CRE and how they're choosing to integrate that in both the future ways of working planning as well as what tech that they need there. Elaine, so you made reference to how how it's changing. So there's a continuous or continual need for CRE, but the way that it, the space is utilized is different. Could you uh, further flesh that out? 
Yeah, Australia's pretty advanced when it comes to the flexible spaces and the flexible ways that they work. But I think with anybody who's a little bit late to the table or who still had those really old fit outs, the dependencies around CRE are going to be about how they project that people might use the space and how they make spaces more comfortable for them to use. So we're seeing a lot less people wanting to do desk bound focus work and being really, really interested in collaboration spaces and more community built spaces, because that's ultimately why people are going to come back to the office. Like they're not going to come back to sit at a desk. They can sit at a desk at home and not have to leave and then therefore save a bit of money and travel time. They're going to come back because they need to sit with people. And the only way to really encourage that and encourage that um, learning and growth with their people is to support them with that space and that space has to be driven by what are the CRE dependencies and how they can they update that space so I'm seeing lots of people with ideas of um, really good technology integration into their spaces so um, people who can unplug a desk and wheel it around the office so they can all have like little collab hub spaces where they can sit at their desk or um, a really important one um, that I've seen around is how do they have I guess, collaboration meeting spaces that has so much space in it, you can have a few people in there without worrying about being too close together. So you're able to adapt the space that already exists for the current situation that we're in, right, Elaine? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it also comes down to people looking for opportunities to maximize that efficiency there. And that often leads to what space can we let go of so we can save some money then the space that's left, how do we really make it available to our people and what tech do we put in there so that they can use it um, the most efficient way possible? So it's adapting what they have and letting go of what they don't need. Now, Shannon, how has the CRE market changed in the last five years? How's it different today than it was five years ago or so? Well, five, five years ago in the U.S., you had um, more companies moving to an agile or open environment of collaboration. Um, if any company was on the fence about that pre-COVID, they're, they're now pushed, they're catapulted actually into the agile work environment. They have to be. Number one, if they were, they if they used to be very paper intensive, they are forced to utilize technology, uh, which is actually a really great thing for um, the United States and those people who have been on, you know, sort of combating the or resisting the change into the agile work environment. Now they're going to have to adopt that um, and they've been thrown into that mix. So what you're going to see is more and more companies using strategically their real estate to bring in those people to collaborate on certain days. Um, and times of the week so that they can get those um, those ideas flowing within the company. It's not the same thing to do it on a Zoom meeting. You can't have a whiteboard session in that way. So it's it's catapulted everyone in the United States into an agile work environment. So Shannon, how has that um, agile workplace, you know, that was implemented a few years ago, how has that really helped um, companies right now with the current situation that we're in, it's almost like they were already making the changes necessary for this crisis that we couldn't foresee. Right. And so now um, they're going to be able to adapt to that change much more quickly. Um, and those that were not willing to adapt to the change, they have been forced into that change now. 
Um, and now you're going to see um, more and more and more um, companies utilizing their spaces as an agile work environment and being able to utilize technology to visually see where their employees are located and what they're doing and where they're collaborating. And Shannon, how has technology like Space IQs um, really helped in this change? Well, number one, we we provide um, hoteling opportunities. So you can use your, your health questionnaire, can be sent out to your employees. Your employees can book in a, a mobile app. And, and then that allows not only executives to see the social distancing of the employees within the company, um, but it also allows them to visually see the space and how it's used and who's collaborating on a day-to-day -day basis in the space. That sounds fascinating. So how does this app work exactly? Does it track the employees with GPS or they just sign in and say where they're sitting that day or who they're meeting with? Um, so you have the option to, to do both. If you wanted to um, track their movement, you could do that through sensors and you could, you could find out if um, your colleague is going to be booking a desk next to you or near you because you guys need to collaborate as well. So you're able to see that in both, both forms and fashions. Okay. And then you mentioned a health questionnaire. What kind of questions is that asking? Yeah. Um, so that one can be tailored to your organization. So whatever um, your C-suite wants to roll out to the company, whether it's a CDC guidelines of, you know, um, are you experiencing any chills or fever or, you know, how high is your temperature? Um, have you been around anyone um, with COVID in so many days? All of those can be tailored to the organization. That sounds great. Um, how many companies are using this? Are, are most of the companies that you work with using uh, this app? Oh, yes. Um, they're utilizing both the web app um, because mo more people are working from home. So they're not on their mobile as much um, as they are or they have been in the past. So they're using the web app version a little bit more. Um, you can book on the web app as well um, as, as the mobile app. So they're logging in. They're going to book their space. They Companies have choices. Um, you can book it for the whole week if you want to. You can book it for a few hours. You can book it for the day. All of that allows for flexibility within the workplace. There are less leases um, that are being taken up on during this pandemic, I would imagine. What does that mean for existing leases and renovating those leases? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's if it can be truly identified in, in Australia that there's less um, leases being signed. But what I can say is that people aren't as eager to lock themselves into long-term leases unless they are true, you know, big corp, ASX listed companies. Um, and even then I'm seeing some very inventive leases, um, particularly over the last few months. Also, just like some retailers don't have a retail store, lots of mid-size and smaller companies will look to do away with those long-term leases altogether. So they're, they're effectively opting in for either flexible shared workspace like WeWork or Hub, or even a no office approach, choosing to host their meetups and collaboration times either on the web, on technology, or even in outdoors or coffee shops. And you know, with larger corporations, although there's still going to be that office and space dependency, I think long-term leases will become 
increasingly less valuable because flexibility is going to take that center stage. And I'm not talking about flexibility for how their people work, but flexibility for the company overall and the entire strategy. Because like we've seen with the pandemic, people can't really, or rather companies can't predict what their future looks like in terms of profitability. So they're not really going to be able to predict their people's size or their workforce size and therefore the space that they need. And so companies would much, much rather keep their people and reduce their space. So technology will be in the driving seat for how they really understand the utilisation of spaces and what a person's intention is. So like Shannon mentioned, using the app to, to dictate or, or rather work out what a person's intentions going to be. Are they going to book into the office? Will they show up to the office? Who's going to show up when they show up? And therefore, how much space is going to be needed in the future? And with companies who have already invested in long-term leases um, or who have really large portfolios, what they're going to be looking at is reinvesting some savings when they let go of certain spaces or sublet certain spaces, because right now uh, the market is flooded with with, um, sublet leases. But with the money that they can make back or save, they can invest in their space fit-outs of their existing leases. And I think that that goes a really big way into their storytelling for their people, that they're still investing in their people and supporting them to work the way that they need to. Elaine, when you refer to long-term leases, traditionally, how long were those leases for? Oh, 10 years. That is a very long time. And in this climate where everything changes the drop of the hat, it is like a long, it's like a marriage, right? Exactly, exactly. If you can't pre- predict what you're going to look like in a year, you wouldn't sign a 10-year lease, um, particularly with the current um, climate of change and, and people either don't want to come back to the office or they're only going to come back because they want to be with their people, with their team. They want that community spirit. And it's also a really good way for them to learn, to have that natural learning because they're hearing people talk about things, they're jumping in on conversations, they're overhearing things that otherwise they wouldn't get if they were sitting at home. And when you really look at that, it's it's about providing that space for them, providing the technology to manage that space effectively and looking at what, what can you do to secure yourself in the future. And if you signed up for one of those, which we've seen, if you signed a 10-year lease only two years ago, you got eight years left. And it's really maximizing that workspace. And that often means a fit out. So pulling up all those excess desks and creating more collaboration zones. Now, Shannon, what have you seen here in the U.S.? Is it similar to what Elaine is describing, that these long-term, you know, 10-year leases, it's not what what companies are looking for right now? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we saw a decline in the 10-year leases. They were already a little bit on the decline to begin with before COVID hit, especially as technology um, was changing and you had more of the WeWorks coming into the market, um, more agile spaces coming in. Um, So that was a a buzzword at at the hit for onset of the pandemic. And all of the subleases, we have subleases that have flooded the market now. Um, which leads us to a couple of things. First, um, it gives companies opportunities to take part in space that they may not have been able to secure previously, which lends itself to opportunity. The second part of that is it does mean that there's more space on the market. And so those, those companies that were looking for 
more stable, more um, larger environments uh, for their um, meeting space, they're going to be a little bit more cautious in, in their decision making and what they choose to do moving forward in the real estate market. So if you could kind of flesh out what you were talking about, that this was already in the decline in the last few years. And and that's because of technology. That's because they were seeing they didn't need all these spaces. That's because of the WeWorks of the world. It, it sounds like there are many factors that were already pushing this kind of away. Yeah, yeah, there were lots of factors. But primarily, um, you had those new WeWorks of the world popping up, and that was the new buzzword. It was, okay, look, you know, you didn't have to enter into a long-term lease in order to um, have an office space anymore. And so that was a, a big push for a lot of companies. And as larger corporations looked at entering new markets, they were considering those we work spaces, those open environments. Um, as long as they could provide the um, a place for collaboration, they were going to do that because they didn't have that long-term investment which was huge actually. And so now because of the pandemic, you have um, those larger corporations looking at, okay, we do need to go to a, um, an agile work environment. We do need to look at how we're utilizing our spaces and how can we do that across um, really the globe and, and provide our employees with opportunities from wherever they are. Um, so that's a new, it's a new way of thinking. Really revolutionary, right? And something that happened, that was already happening just when it was needed right now for this uh, pandemic. Now, you both have mentioned subleases. How big are subleases in CRE in this market? And how is that changing with the pandemic? I think you both mentioned that um, subleases are up. Yeah, so subleases are up. and. Um... You have more real estate available and on the market right now. You also have a lot of people not returning to the work. So the question at hand is, are we going to be able to keep that real estate? Are companies going to be able to maintain those leases and those long-term leases? Because there are, if they were already heading towards that sublease, or maybe they're not using that that area or that, that square footage anymore, now they're they're giving that up. They want it to be gone or to be um, leased by someone else. So that is an increase. We're seeing that all over the U.S. Got it. Now, looking toward the future, Elaine, um, with commercial real estate, uh, there being so much office space available potentially, is is there an incentive? Is it cheaper to acquire CRE, say if you're a company that you know for sure needs that footprint for, say, a decade into the future that knows that that's going to be a good investment for them no matter what? Oh, any good lease manager worth their salt will have some really good negotiation strategy, particularly around how do they use um, the pandemic and excess space to support their storytelling when they come to looking at those leases with different landlords or, or building managers because they have so much option now that just like anybody looking to buy anything, when there's enough competition in the market, you can get a much better deal. So whether that deal is um, subsidized rent, rent-free periods, which, which 
already exist, but I think that there's a lot more call for it now that they see that they have a bit more of a stronger hand than they used to. Government incentives as well for what do they get back? How are they being incentivized by the government? I mean, I know in Australia, in some states, um, governments actually incentivize employees to hire in those states because they might have slightly higher unemployment rates. And with that, how do you match that to your leases as well? If you don't have subleasing built into your existing lease and you've got a 10-year lease and now you're saying you actually don't need three or four floors for the next six years, it's how do you then decide whether you're going to use that space or somehow get out of your lease obligation and, and sublease it out. If you're looking for a lease, if you are that company, like you mentioned, Edgar, I'm looking for some space, I know that there's heaps of subleasable space on the market and I don't have to sign that six-year lease with that person subletting anymore. I can sign it year by year if I want because I have that bargaining power. And so I think that that's provided a real big opportunity for um, startups in particular or much smaller organisations who don't want to go down the route of working with um, a flexible, leasable space and they want their own space, their own curated space that they don't have to share with anyone. They now have more incentive to start looking now because there's so much availability on the market. Got it. Now, Shannon, what do you see? I know it's hard to look into the crystal ball and say, but what do you think will happen in the next five years? You know, we're going to be in this pandemic probably all of this year, maybe some of next year as we get everyone vaccinated and we find out if this is going to be a seasonal thing or not. But what do you see happening with CRE in the next few years? Well, with corporate real estate, you're going to see that all corporations are going to reevaluate how they utilize their space and they're going to reevaluate their strategy of how they work. With everyone working from home, they've got to find opportunities and be very strategic with how they grow their organization. This is going to be done in the, with the use of technology. It's also going to be done um, in agile workspaces. And you're going to see some new um, creative ways and strategies. There, corporations are going to have to be very strategic in how they do this in order to be successful because there is a, a learning gap or the potential to be siloed within an organization due to Zoom meetings. There is nothing like getting together um, with your colleagues and working something out, um, much less uh, the exercise benefit that happen in a normal organization or a uh, working environment. Those are non-existent now. And so companies are going to have to change the way the way they work, even at home. And what do you think are some of those ways that work from home can change? Some of the ways that that uh, work from home can change is providing those opportunities for employees to either collaborate together. You know, normal organizations are providing places for them to exercise. No one's going to a gym now. <laughs> you're sitting at a desk all day um, and you're going to have to companies and organizations are going to have to be strategic in how they do that with um, their employees. They're going to have to think outside the box. Maybe it's a, you know, a, a company app, but getting people motivated to do their exercises from home is a little bit different, but, you know, that's not an easy thing. 
And then it's strategically placing departments and people within the workplace and allowing them to come back and collaborate and get that connection because that's what is missing within the organization. They have to be connected to their departments and their teams and to understand the vision. And it's going to be the use of technology that will help corporations be strategic and it will also be the use of their corporate real estate and how they utilize their space. Both of those in combination will be um, the recipe for success as we move forward in the next five years. Now, Shannon, do you also see the possibility that with so much remote work, so much work from home, is it possible that corporations might decide that their actual uh, commercial real estate space needs don't have to be in big cities like New York or Chicago and that they can get cheaper real estate in smaller cities, given that their workers are everywhere? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we've already we've already seen that in the U.S. Um, where larger corporations are giving their employees the option to work in less expensive states and they can choose where they want to live. Because of that, it opens up the job pool. You're going to have to compete with not someone in your neighborhood or in your city, but someone across the country. That is a game changer because it opens up the best of the best. You can find that top talent that you're looking for and, and utilize those, those workers in other states. Yeah, it sounds like a real game changer. Um, Elaine, how do you feel about that? Do you think that's something that happens or will be happening in Australia as well? Or I know the geography is different, so I don't know if that's as feasible, but it, it sounds like it might be a great opportunity for some of the owners of this commercial real estate if they have, you know, properties that might be cheaper to acquire. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's already happening here. And all of my customers at Space IQ have already raised this over either the last one to two months. Because what all of the um, home estate markets are seeing is people are evacuating the city. They're buying up regional properties. They're going rural with very little um, requirement to go back to the city because they can work from home now. They're choosing to live in a community that suits them. And that often means less of their personal money going out the door. So what companies are starting to see now is that there's opportunity there to not only decentralized from the CBD, but also not just looking at metro areas, but going rural, setting up little hubs, um, acquiring much, much cheaper offices and investing a lot more money and bringing, you know, fitting those out and putting lots of really helpful and good tech in there so that people who are living in those communities not only decrease their travel time um, and increase their personal life balance time, it's also an investment in the community in that area. They're increasing the money flow there and increasing people there. And what that means is that that can start building little mini cities. And that's that's obviously looking really, really far into the future and going well away from CRE. But the reality is every decision that our bigger companies make, smaller companies are gonna follow. And what that also means when you just look at people and you're not looking at, at real estate and tech is you can now hire people that you couldn't before. You now have more people to choose from when it comes to filling your needs as a company and you can actually get the best of the best for that position because you're no longer hamstrung by the location that they need to work from. And how much of a negative impact has COVID 
um, had on commercial real estate? Because I imagine there's a lot of opportunity, but there's also a lot of risk right now with so many changes all at once. It has to be a bit of a difficult time for those who actually own these properties. I'll be honest. I think it's um, one of those things that what benefits me may not benefit my neighbor. Um, what benefits the the lease owner may not benefit the landlord. And that's just the realities of, of what's happened as part of this pandemic or what will happen as part of any major cultural or social movement. Someone is going to lose. And right now when we're looking at um, corporate real estate, it's definitely the person who owns the building. They're going to have to work harder. They're going to have to offer more for them to still be viable. Shannon, what do you think about that? Yeah, they're definitely going to have to be strategic in how they offer their building. Um, they also, you know, time will tell um, if we end up with um, the loss of some properties, depending on those who have leased the buildings and if they choose to pay their leases. That is a question that is out there. Will these companies who are not returning to work, will they end up paying their leases? I think it's uh, something that every business owner, um, every building owner has to think about and strategically prepare for in case they don't. One of my customers said to me yesterday, we're too slow off the mark and we're going to miss this opportunity. So my my big call out um, is to say, really look at investing in your future and start making decisions now, whether you're the person leasing the space or whether you're the building owner, does that mean more integrated tech? lots of building owners don't have integrated tech they leave that up to the the person leasing the space now if they were to combine that offering together they they may look to incentivize people looking at leases and that's something that i think lots of people should really be considering is um what tools are they using what predictive tech could they be using and is there an opportunity to integrate something like ai into the way that they manage their leases or their buildings yeah, if companies don't start thinking about their strategy now, they are going to miss the boat. Eventually, they will be forced into making a strategy. So it's better for them to start preparing now for that, that strategy, the corporate real estate strategy for their particular company so that they can move their organization forward. If they don't have a plan in place, they're already several months behind. Can they catch up? Yes, they can catch up, but they're going to need technology to do it. And that um, technology that you both mentioned, Elaine mentions predictive tech, AI. How do you see that working? What, what, what do you mean exactly? What kind of predictive software could really make a difference here? A lot of what we have is um, really good at building a bigger picture. So if you're able to look back on the last five years worth of capture data of how people have used space, how they've um, interacted with that space and what technology, what physical um, and what software they needed to interact with that space will really give you an understanding of what historical data there was, what behavioural data there has been as a result of COVID. So when we came out of lockdown and we went back to the buildings and what that that behaviour looked like and having tools that are be able to show you the difference between the two behavioural sets and what is likely to happen in the future. I know that Space IQ are working on some really incredible things at the moment. A roadmap is, is really reflective of that. But there's always opportunity for more predictive information and tech, and there's always, always, always more opportunity for integrating AI. Now, that artificial intelligence is a, 
is a really, really big challenge for everyone because it's how far are you willing to go? How, how much are you willing to release your control over the results and the events? And that, that's reflected in all technology, not just CRE tech. Thank you all very much for your time. I think this will be great for all our listeners. I think that while this may not be the best time for owners of these spaces, for companies that are that have leases or looking for new leases, I think this is a great opportunity uh, for them. So where there is crisis, there is opportunity. If it's well managed and if there's a strategic plan, which you both talked so much about. So thank you again. We were joined today by Elaine Cunningham, Customer Success Manager, and Shannon Smith, Senior Manager, AMER and EMAA Implementations with Space IQ. Once again, thank you for joining the Power of the Workplace podcast by Space IQ. In coming episodes, we'll discuss issues facing businesses, schools, government organizations, and healthcare facilities as they move toward the post-COVID new normal. We'll be joined by experts who will share insights into the ramifications of remote work, why workplaces must embrace agile strategies to succeed, and how businesses are rethinking building amenities to attract top talent. If you have a topic idea or would like to be a guest on Power of the Workplace, send an email to marketing at spaceiq.com with the details. Until next time, I'm Edgar Zuniga. Thank you for listening. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Space IQ. Examples of analysis performed within this recording are only examples based on predictions and not facts. They should not be taken as official guidance or direction by Space IQ, and the assumptions made within the analysis are not reflective of the position of Space IQ. All formal regulatory and public policy implications associated with COVID-19 and other issues affecting business operations and management should be managed and overseen by independent specialists, government agencies, or industry associations.